Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. What to do is to help you. Help you. It bothers me when I see people who love God but yet don't understand Him. I think and I feel that by the fact that you come to church, meaning you could be anywhere else, you came out of your religion or your relationship that you want to have with God and want to increase. So today what I want to talk about is the confidence of the faithful. If you are faithful to God, your confidence will go through the roof. If you're faithful to God, your confidence will go through the roof. You will be able to ask anything of him, and he will do it. So that puts pressure on our faithfulness. And I want to be able to take my time. If I finish this slide today, good. If I don't, that's just the one we got. But I want to slow myself down because I'm getting it in my heart and in my spirit, but that's not enough. We are called repairers of the breach. And in order for us to repair, we're going to have to obey the Scriptures. I'm going to have to take my time and make sure you understand the Scriptures, wherein you may grow. It burdens, burdens, burdens my heart for you to be in the same condition next year that you are today. That is not God's design. For in him you go from glory to glory. You don't regress and you don't get complacent and stay where you are. We serve a great God who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The enemy has blinded us so that we can't even see the light. When we get into self and get into our own ways, we don't see the truth. But I pray and I cease not to give thanks to God for you. And making mentions of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will give you a spirit of wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling. And what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance that he has in the saints, us, his set-apart ones? My heart goes out for this congregation. You come here, rephrase that, you've been sent here to be repaired. I was talking to God this week, and a song came on, and, and this guy was having a conversation uh, in his song with the devil and with God and, and G, well, with Jesus, and he was saying, Jesus said, what you got there, Satan? He said, oh, just a bunch of sinners. 
He said, they ain't no good. They this, they that, they that. They just do their own thing. They're cussing, they're lying, they're cheating, they're doing all this. He said, well, say, what would you take for? He realized then that they meant something to the Lord. And so the bargain began. And the devil said, the stakes are going to be high. He said, Jesus, if you want them that bad. At first, Satan said they wasn't nothing. <laughs> Until he found out Jesus wanted them. Then the tide changed. And he said, well, Jesus, if you want them, it's going to cost you your life. You know what the Lord said? He said, deal. So each and every last one of you, I don't care how messed up you may be, how on the close, how on the edge of failure, or how distraught you may be in your marriage, or how bad you've messed up, God made a deal for you. He gave up his own life for you. You are worth something to him. You are somebody. You're special. So much so that he laid down his life for you. And what we need to do is to have confidence in him. Sometimes we look at ourselves and not in him. And that's where the faltering begins. When you look at yourself, it's not enough in you. And many of you make the biggest mistake of all. You look to me, your pastor. My job is to pour into you. You know what? They are so kind. I'm just going to use this as an analogy to give me a glass of water. And sometimes you guys, you look at this wall, you say, it surely looks good. Some of you are probably saying that right now. That glass of water is right there. I'm here. You want water. That glass of water. But you're coming to me. When there's the glass. The analogy is this. So many of you are coming to me for your freedom, for your deliverance, for your healing, for your marriage. But you hadn't went to him. Maybe it's not in me. I humble myself today and let you know I can't handle your problems. Your answer is not in me. Coming to me, I can only point you to him. You must allow me to decrease so that he can increase. So that your confidence in him can grow. Tradition has messed us up. Has placed us in a point where we think the pastor knows everything. That he has all the answers. I decrease 
so that he can increase. Your answer is not in your pastor. Your answer is in your God. I want to help you today and hopefully that I can fulfill or build your confidence in who he is. If you're going to be faithful, you're going to be blessed. There's no if, in, buts, and doubt about it. You will be blessed. So first of all, let me, hear, let me help you by carrying you to the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 38. I'm reading this one from the King James Version. Watch this. Cast not away, therefore, your what? Confidence, which has great recompense of reward. It has a great payback system. For you have need of what? Patience. That after you've done the will of God. When? After you've done it. When the test and the trial come your way. After you've done the will of God. Be patient. Because after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The promise that he based in his word that he gave you. For yet a little while. And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. This thing is almost about to wrap up. He said, but in the meantime, now the just shall live by faith. But if you refuse to live by faith, if any man draws back, my soul have no pleasure in him. Now what God is saying is an awful lot. And he's coming to the end of Hebrews when he says this. So what I need to do is to help you understand how we got to this point. So sometimes when you watch a movie, have you all ever went to a movie and they started out with the end? And they opened up and they showed you the ending of it. And then all of a sudden, they go back to the beginning. And then they fill you in so that it makes sense to you. I feel, though, that's what God was doing with the Hebrews. I feel as though he told them the end. Don't you throw away your confidence. Don't you do this. Don't you do that. You've got to live by faith. He told them all this because he had already told them something that they need to go back and look at. Today, I want to take you back and try to get back to this point. If I don't get back to this point, we will, we will come back to it. But I want to get to it so that you can understand it. I believe in my whole heart that your confidence in God is key to your success and your survival. I believe that the devil can take your confidence away from you. You'll be ineffective in every area of your life. You won't be able to help your children. You won't be able to help your marriage. I saw a, a show that I started watching the other night that this family had lost all hope in the family. Kids couldn't do nothing. The parents had left. The daddy was a drunk. No confidence whatsoever. I believe if you lose your confidence in God, everything will fall apart. Because it's by faith that everything is being held together in the first place. I believe that's why you're having the battles that you're having. And you don't realize it. The devil is after your confidence. If he can get you to stop believing in God or believing that God can bring you out of this. If you stop believing that he can get you over this or he won't bring you through this. You can't believe for that. So that's why your issue is clinging to you like the breath of life. 
That issue don't want to let you go. Even though you cried out for God, it seemed as though it's still there. I believe it because the enemy, the devil, is trying to destroy your confidence. And last week I gave you a scripture, a definition of confidence. A reliance or trust. The devil is trying to destroy your reliance or trust in God. Because if he can get you to sin, if he can get you to mess up, there's no way you're going to be able to go to God. Your heart itself will begin to condemn you and make you feel like you have no right to talk to God. Look at you. He's a holy and a righteous God. And you just messed up. You just sinned. And conviction comes into your life and you feel worse than you've ever felt before. That's the enemy. He's trying to make you feel that way. Because your God realized that when you mess up, he says, come to me. The first thing you do is run to him and say, God, I slipped, I failed. Remember I gave you an analogy once before, me being a father, when my kid was to fall off the bike and stuff like that. I don't want them to run and hide. You made a mistake, you failed, you injured yourself. Get up, come to me so I can find out where you hurt. Stop running from God. Let your confidence be so strong. I'm not planning on messing up, but if I mess up, I'm going straight to him. Daddy, I messed up again. Reliance or trust. A trusting relationship. That's what you have to build on as well. A trusting relationship. You know what? In every relationship, there are good, but then there are bad. Now, in a relationship with you and God, God's always good. Yeah, yeah, you're hearing it. If, he's, if there's always good and bad in a relationship, if God is constantly consistent and he's always good, if there's good and bad in a relationship, God is always good, then who's bad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to mess up, baby. Every relationship you've ever been in, there's been good mother, daughter, father, son, sister, brother, Husband, wife, children, parents, are always ups and downs. We don't like the downs, but we deal with it. In your relationship with God, God has made a resolve in his mind. When you mess up, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to still love you, number one, but I'm going to deal with it. Amen? A feeling of self-assurance. Now watch this. If your reliance and trust on God is still strong, if your trust and relationship is still getting built, then the devil will come in here with this self-assurance and kind of twist and twist and mix that thing to become self-confident. Now, self-confidence can be dangerous at some times because you can put so much confidence in self that you don't put it in God. And when you put confidence in self, in your own flesh, the devil got a lot to work with. I'm not saying you can't feel good about yourself. I'm not saying you don't dress and have confidence in, in your ability because you planned, you studied, you got yourself ready for it. But you got to be ready for that devil to take what God intended for the good to use it at your bad. The Bible says, he that standeth, let him take heed lest he fall. Just when you get your confidence built up that, hey, I got this thing. Me and God, man, we got it. I got it. I can handle this. I, I. The next thing you know, those eyes get you in trouble. And before you know it, 
you fell back into your old way. You've done your old thing again because you're wondering, how did that happen? I was doing so good. I had this. I thought I was over that. But you didn't understand that season came back into your life. And listen to me. You guys, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I've explained it, but I've said it before. We all go through seasons. There's some time when you can tackle every devil out there and whoop them and slay them and cut them asunder. But there's a time when you be running from the devil for your very life. You can feel him coming, boy. You can feel like you can weep. You're saying, I'm not going to do this, but you end up looking at it. I'm not going to look. You're confused. That's a season of your life. In that season, you got to grow stronger. That season, you have to fight. In that season, you're going to have to decide, I'm not running from you, Mr. Devil. We're going to fight this one. Tonight, we're going to wrestle. I am not going out like this. I have, I'm, fully, I'm, I'm fully persuaded that you can't separate me from God. And I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. And I'm not going to give in. We're going to wrestle. We're going to fight because I'm going to get through the night. I'm not going to mess up. See, the problem is that you, 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 you're not understanding what God has in his scriptures or has in his word. You're moving too fast. You're trying to get through the week when you only have the day. God wants you to be ready to understand that faith is now. And when I get to this part of it, I want you to get it in your spirit so you can keep it in your spirit. So knowing that this relationship that you have with God, the devil is after. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, 14 says this. Be careful then, brothers, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own heart, where's the issues? In your own heart. You can look at everybody else, but you can't see your own heart. And there lies the issue. It's in you, baby. If you get yourself together, you're going to be better. You know what I challenge the marriage people to write down on a postcard? Everything that was wrong with their mate. Some of them had to have two postcards. But then when I told them on the back, write down what's wrong with you. It's amazing how short that list became. I mean, from needing two postcards to, I can't think of it, but two, three items. But your mate got all these issues. So it's true. They may have all these issues. But according to Scripture, the Bible tells us, get the beam, get the plank, get the sawdust out of your own eye before you try to get something out of somebody else's. So I tell you, turn that list over and look at your issues and just work on your issues before you go try to help your mate with his. Same thing right now. Y'all got so many issues. And you're trying to help everybody else with their issue that you can't get repaired. The word can't fix you because you look at how messed up everybody else is. But you got issues. 
And because you can see all theirs, you want to turn the paper over and look at all their issues and hiding yours because you can't see what's yours. No, you need to flip that paper over. Look at yourself and work on yourself because you messed up. And ain't nobody else going to tell you but me. I'm telling you, y'all messed up. We are all messed up. I can't fix Miss Sophia, and Miss Sophia can't fix me. Miss Sophia got to go to her God and build her relationship with him so that she can get fixed. So be careful. Then brothers and sisters, make sure that you, that your own heart are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. When you don't deal with your issues and you deal with everybody else, you turn your back on what God telling you about you. You'd rather deal with somebody else than to deal with you. Verse 13. This is what you must do. Get yourself together. Look at your own heart. But you must warn each other every day while it is still today, while there's faith in it, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardening against God. In other words, you're working on you. You're getting yourself together. But you want to, you know, you need to get yourself together. Don't come to me, Miss King. Tell me about Miss Shirley. You need to get Miss King together. And Shirley, I'm telling you, I'm getting myself together. Why, you need to get yourself together. I'm not going to let you mess me up with God. You hear me? We're all here to be repaired. So I can't be looking at what you're doing wrong, Miss Shirley. You need to get yourself together. Because I'm working on me. I'm trying to fix me. You see that word right there today? I've told you this before, but there are eight days in a week. Not seven. Hebrews point this out, and I won't go into the teaching on it, but I want you to know there's another day. You have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and today. That's eight days. Today you never move out of. Today is a gift of faith. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its issues in itself. What you worry about on tomorrow, let me tell you, will never come. But today you're going to have to deal with it. Today is the day of faith. Today is now. That's why the scripture says, still today Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. When God starts speaking to you about some issues in your life right now, that's what you need to deal with. For if we are faithful to the end, how long do you have to be faithful? To the end. Trusting God just as firmly as we did. How many of y'all are saved? You accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this. Don't you realize... That the same God who gave you a promise that he was going to get you into heaven, that he was going to save you, is the same God who's dealing with you right now. 
if you can believe for your salvation that he can get you from that messed up situation that you are in to heaven, what makes you think he can't do it now? Oh, you've got too wise now. You know too much about God. Your, your religion has took place of your God. Baby, the same God that brought you into his kingdom is going to bring you to his glory. So trusting in God just as firmly as when you first believed, when we share in all that belongs to Christ, we're going to share in everything that belongs to Christ, and God wants us to be ready for that day and that time. Watch this. The problem was is that, and this is the problem that I have with us today. When I look around and I hear people, I heard somebody, I was, with, I was talking to somebody this week, and they was telling me that somebody had told them they're tired of seeing the church as it is. Nobody getting healed. Nobody getting delivered. No marriages being put back together. Things just in an uproar. In other words, the devil is challenging them about their confidence in God. That's the bottom line. He's strategic in what he's doing. So he's really challenging your faith in God when people don't get their healing, when they don't get their deliverance. But you know what? I had put all the pressure on me to try to find out what was I doing wrong. Pastor, why your people are not being set free? Why are your people still dealing with issues? Why are your people still have this? Pastor, why are you dealing with stuff? Talked to my wife today. I said, Well, I might not be running women. I might not be. There. But that little workaholic spirit that I have, and that's thinking that I've got so much confidence in myself that can't nobody else do it, that's just as bad. That's just as bad. I have people I surround myself with, and I turn things over to them. You know what I do? I go get it back. I ain't doing nothing with it. That's my mindset. Frank Chicane spirit. And my mama. Could nobody do what my mama could do but my mama. And she would work her little self to death trying to do it all. Clean up, do this, do this, do that, do that. She'll do it all. Self-confidence. And I have to watch myself. And I have to learn to let go. If I have to learn to let go and let other people help me, so do you. The word is not helping most people because it's right here. And God pointed it out in Scripture. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as to them those in the wilderness who died, a lot of people didn't go into the promised land because they didn't do this. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You all are hearing me talk every Sunday, and some of you on Wednesdays. And the word is not doing you any good. It's not profiting you because you're not mixing it with faith. You're hearing, but you're not doing a doggone thing with it. So it's not going to help you. You come in here Sunday and it becomes a religion to you. You won't do it. You hear me all the time talking about love, love your enemies. If you, if you got all against them, go to them. You're not doing it. Husband, love your wife, Christ, love church. All this stuff I'm talking, it's just, it's just stuff. And therefore, you leave here still in bondage. I've seen a, a um, they was pouring some concrete for me at the house. And this big truck came up, and while it was coming, it was just, you know what it was doing? Mixing. Mixing that concrete. They had to keep it moving around. Because when it gets hard, it's hard. 
So it was just mixing, all going down the street, just mixing. Got to the house, bagged up, it was still mixing. Pouring it out, it was still mixing. Coming out that chute, it was mixing. The word is not profiting you because you stopped mixing. You stopped. You, you, you didn't need it now. You're okay now. You're comfortable. You're complacent. You are right. You're not under attack right now. So you stop mixing it. You won't make your confessions in the morning. You won't walk by the word in the day. You won't, be, you won't witness the word. You stop mixing it. And when that evil day comes, when your season change, you go back to being your old silly way because you weren't mixing the word. You stopped relying on the word. You didn't have no confidence that the word was keeping you. The only way you got out of that boat was because that word was mixing and you was in a terrible situation and you didn't have nothing to do but mix the word. But when the word started working in your life, bringing you through a process of deliverance, you got complacent. You got okay. You got busy with life. And you didn't have time to mix the word. And the devil was setting you up for your season. You thought you had it. That's that self-reliant spirit. You thought you had it together because everything's going good now. You have need of nothing. But then that season shifted on you, and you didn't have enough word in you to carry you through that season, that testing, that trying time, and you failed. Bringing a reproach on God and the ministry. So now, therefore, he has silenced your mouth because you done messed up again. You stopped mixing the word. Let me show you this from another point, uh, a passage from the message. When I use the message, y'all know I'm trying to bring something real straight home to you. For as long then as that promise of entering into his rest pulls us onto God's goal for us, the reason why you don't want to mess up because God gave you a promise that he's going to perfect everything that concerns you. And since I've got God's promise that he's going to make everything all right with me, it keeps me right with him. You understand this? Am I going too fast? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I don't want to mess up because I have a relationship with God that I'm trying to protect. I don't want to mess up with Miss King and go get some other woman. She may be younger. She may have this going on. She may have that going on. She might be this, this, this. But I'm going to have to let you sit in the back. But I, 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 I don't want to mess up on Miss King. I don't want to do wrong. I spent so much time in this relationship that I don't want to mess up on her. You understand? Now by me having a relationship with her and spending time with her, I don't want to do those things. So I have to keep myself tight with God and right with God because I don't want to mess up on God. Do you understand? I keep scriptures in me and reminding me of who God said he was to me and who I was to him and what he's going to do for me that I don't want to mess up. When you see me succeeding, it's not me succeeding. It's the Christ in me succeeding. I can't tell you when I stop chasing women. I just don't chase no more, do She said she can't. I, I don't remember. All right? I don't remember when I stopped chasing them. I remember when I stopped smoking dope. I just one day just didn't smoke dope no more. 
I just stopped. I didn't have a desire for it. Matter of fact, when I was around some of my friends who were doing it, it, it almost made me sick. I don't know when I got delivered. God just liked that. He will set you free, and you don't even know he set you free. Some of y'all have stopped doing some stuff, and you look back on your life, and you're trying to think, when you stop doing it, you're like, it's because of the fact you had this relationship with him, and you kept pressing toward the goal or the calling that he has for your life that you didn't even want to mess up no more. If you're going to be repaired, you're going to have to work on this relationship with God. You can't call me and ask me what to do. I told you what to do. This is your test now. And the teacher gave a test because they gave you all the answers. I come here every Sunday, every Wednesday, pour my heart out and give you all the answers. You know the answer. You can have a, listen, do an open book test. I just need you to pass the thing. Go get your book. Go get your Bible and open it up and take the test. Open book. Just find the answers and take the doggone test. You got clip notes. Take out your camera. Take pictures of this. Google it. Do something. Stop. Get out of this situation. Stop failing this. Your season coming again, baby. Your season is coming again. Your attack will come around again. And you've got to be ready this time. No attack. Listen, I, I give the devil a little bit of credit. He's a good <laughs> opponent. <laughs> He's a good opponent. <laughs> I, found another, I hadn't found another night like him. That boy can whoop you if you don't watch it. If you rely on yourself, he got you. But when you put your faith and confidence in God, you're unstoppable. He can't touch you. But when you start trusting in you, he's going to tear your tail up. You're going to always find yourself going back doing that stupid stuff that you said you weren't doing. God get tired of that. He's watching you in the Bible, so he gets exasperated. Uh, let me read it to you. All right. So, for the promise of entering his rest pulls us on to God's goal for us. We need to be careful that we are not disqualified. Baby, hold on. Your blessing is right here, and you acting a fool, and God said, you disqualified. Get out the race, go sit on the sideline. Watch everybody else run this race. You can get disqualified. Pastor, now you made me feel bad. I don't have no confidence. Hmm, really? Really? You going to believe that lie? You going to believe what the devil telling you? Then these scriptures won't help you. They won't help you at all. Your confidence is in God, not in you. If the Bible says you've been delivered, you've been healed, you've been set free, you have to believe that. That's where your confidence begins to build up. We receive the same promise as those people in the wilderness, but the promise didn't do them any bit of good because they didn't receive the promise with faith. It didn't do them a bit of good. God was just speaking and the word was just going off, of their, off over their heads. If we believe, though, we are experiencing that state of resting, a time in God, where we are resting, we're not fighting, we're not, everything's okay. But if we don't have faith, remember that God said, exasperated, I vowed they would never get where they're going, never be able to sit down and rest. God said, you'll never get over that issue. You'll never get what I've got for you. You'll never get what you want because you won't act in faith. 
God's like, you'll never get what you want. You keep running to the pastor. You keep running to everybody else. You keep gossiping. You keep talking about people. You'll never get what you want. You'll never get it. You'll never be able to enter into his rest. You won't deal with you. You're your worst enemy at this point. Well, how do I get this confidence built up, Pastor? Watch this. Let me show you a scripture. And I want to see if you can get this in your spirit. Confidence brings comfort. Remember this. If you want, if you get confidence, it'll bring you comfort. Watch this. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Pastor, that's a lie. Because I'm not delivered. I still have my issues. I'm still going through. Baby, at least you're going through. Okay? You're not stuck in that situation. If you start believing this and you put your confidence in it, no, he sent his word. If he sent me his word, I must take that word and I must begin to confess that word. I've got to get it in me. If you go to a doctor... And that doctor prescribed you some medication. You're going to read the label, and you're going to try to do everything. Even though you forget, you're going to double up on it. Why you won't do this with this? Your confidence in what that doctor says supersedes what God told you. You want your deliverance. You want to come to me. He didn't send me to you. He sent his word. That word came through me, and I'm giving it to you. It's the word. It's not me. You got it confused. You're looking, you want that water, but you're looking at me for it. No. You got to get back on it. You got to get faithful in it. You got to go to his word. He sent his word, and his word healed you. His word did it. And not only healed you, but it delivered you from your destructions. Watch this. Let me go to another scripture. Watch this. Hebrews 6. Oh, boy, 17 to 20. Might not get through it all, but we're going to do a little bit of best. God meant so much in his word, and he wants you to have confidence in what he said. Let me ask you a question. Let me do a little test. Who created the universe? Okay. All right. Who created everything in the earth? Who created you? Who knows most about you? Who knows what's best for you? Who died for you? Who rose for you? Who created a place for you? And you believe that, right? God said, I I, want to do something else. And I told you this last week. He said, I'm going to bind myself. Watch this. God also bound himself to an oath. So that those who receive the promise that God said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to prosper you, I'm going to make your name great, I'm going to do all these things for you, I healed you, I delivered you, he made you a promise, and he gave an oath. He swore by himself. He gave you a promise. Let me read again. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Out of everything, he hadn't changed his mind about creating the earth. He hadn't changed his mind about creating none of the stuff in the earth. He hadn't changed his mind about creating you. 
You're here for a purpose, and God has a plan for you. He hadn't changed his mind. Watch this. Your healing, he hadn't changed his mind about healing you. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie to you. You need to start building your comfort. God can't lie to you, baby. Whatever issue you got, God said, I sent my word, and my word healed you and delivered you, and I ain't lying about it. I'm not lying to you. You've got to act on it. Well, Pastor, I believe it. Then act like it. Throw your cigarettes away. Throw them phone numbers away. Delete them. It's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him in refuge. If you fled him for refuge, a place where you can hide out, can get great confidence as we hold the hope that lies before us. I came to Christ with my mess. He was my refuge, my place of comfort. In him I live, I move, and I have my being. I'm not there coming out of him. I am not getting out of this word. Do you, can you live with me if I get out of this word? Would you want to live with me if I got this word? And I wouldn't want to live with you either. You're my wife, I love you, but you get out of that word. You understand me? What's going to make us better and what's going to help us to be repaired so we can go help others, we got to abide in him. And his word must abide in us. You can't be a halfway Christian, not in this time. When the devil catch you living a complacent, a halfway life, he will send you to the halfway house. Now, next, tweet it out. There you go. This hope is a strong and trustworthy what is that? That's where the battle is, baby. It's in here. The devil is getting in your soul, your suke, your mind. And he's challenging you. And the Bible says the word is a strong, trustworthy, that anchors for our soul. You put that word in you, you got confidence in that word, the devil ain't going to be able to trip you up like he's been tripping you up. It leads us through the curtains into God's inner sanctuary. There's a place where you go in God that the devil can't touch you. Your confidence says, I can go there. I can stop what I'm doing. I can lift up my hand and say, Father, I'm drawing myself to thee. Father, I come to you for there's no other help. God, I'm weak right now. God, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. God, help me. Deliver me from this thing. I receive your word. And God, you cannot lie. This thing will not conquer me. This thing will not stop me. If you won't help me, help yourself. The whole world out there waiting to get into the body of Christ. And we we hindering. Jesus has already gone there. He's already been there. He has already become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. That's another whole teaching. Let me give you the last set of scriptures. Hebrews 10, 35, 38. 
Therefore, since God has already done everything for you, he gave you his word, he gave you his oath, he's proven to you that there is another day for you, a day of faith. He says, now cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, has a great reward system involved. God said, I got everything. If you got the confidence in me, I'm going to get you everything you want in life. When you seek me, that's why he said in the scripture, seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing things, then all these other things will be added to you. God don't mind you having a thing because you got him. You're trying to get half of him because you see the stuff coming in your life. You go after the stuff and you get twisted. And then the attack comes and then you lose even that that you thought you had. For you have some patience. Baby, you need some patience when your seasons shift and change. You know what? What makes most accidents happen out there? People won't slow down when it starts raining. It starts to rain, and they feel like, oh, i got to hurry up and get to the house. Baby, everybody's thinking that way. So now everybody's trying to hurry up and get home. And there lies the accidents. When you see the season change or the weather changing, slow down. Have some patience. Take your time. Calm down. It's not as bad as the weathermen say it is. Last week, they said a couple weeks ago, they said it's going to be 12 inches of rain. They shutting the schools down and everything. I think we had an inch. They don't even call for it. They said some storm coming through. Then we got all this rain. They don't know. So trust in your God. Learn some patience because the world's not going to help you with this. So you have need of patience. Who have need of patience? Say, I do. You need some patience, baby. If you're going to follow God, if you're going to learn God, if you're going to learn his ways, you're going to have to have some patience. Patience with yourself and patience with other people. Because everybody ain't going to get delivered at the same time you get delivered. Because you got delivered, that don't mean they've been set free yet. Even though he sent his word to both of y'all, they hadn't got the revelation of it. You did. So be patient with them. Because they could be just that close and you could run them off back out into the streets. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, after you fought your fault, after you stood your battle, then see, God could come to your rescue and snatch you out every time you get tempted. But you know what he does? He allows you to stay in that thing because he's trying to build some character in you. He's trying to build some stamina in you so you can then go in a situation and be able to help other people out of it. For you have need of patience, and after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. Everybody who's been justified. All of you all in here who have been justified, just as if you never sinned, you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. God said in his own word. You're going to have to live by faith. You have to trust God and what he said in his word. You're going to get your freedom. You're going to get your deliverance. You have to trust God. But if any man draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. God said, I've given you everything that you need to have confidence in me. I have never lied. It is impossible for me to lie. If Miss King stepped in and told me, it's impossible for me to lie, I'd probably knock her down. 
Don't insult me like that. Don't you sit there and tell me no, it's impossible for you to lie. I love you, but don't lie to me because you're lying when you say it's impossible for you to lie. You can't, you, can't put your, you can't put that much out there. You can't say that. You can't tell me it's impossible for you to lie. You make me mad because now you think I'm a fool. Only God can say something like that. It's impossible for me to lie. Now, you got to put your confidence in everything I said, not just some things, but everything I said because I can't lie to you. If I sent my word and my word healed you, you better put your confidence in that because I cannot lie. Bow your head. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.